other side, I read a great blog post about like the character animation and like the technical aspects. And it seems like sort of Yuga is sort of doing some interesting stuff there, but I just don't know if they're going to be able to get the user base or if they're just building another Decentraland where, you know, you may have a dozen sort of bored ape people hanging around on it, but that's it. Like, I don't see the fun at this point. Show me the fun. Hello and welcome back to the Floorcast. New Year, same old Floorcast. Episode 51. We've almost hit 52. That's 52 weeks in a year, so you've almost had a year's worth of Floorcasts, which is pretty incredible. I'm back in the host seat and thankfully feeling much better after an awful bout of flu. Thanks very much to my co-host Corwin for stepping in and taking the reins while I was away. How are you? I'm doing great, Pet. I was really worried about you from the texts you were sending me. I, I didn't know if you were going to make it out 2022. I was really scared. I gave you my private keys in case, right? Yeah. Uh, so thank you for that. Um, if your wallet does get drained, it was not me. But <laughs> all that's left is uh, monsters of the blockchain in my wallet. <laughs> uh, I'm also joined by Chris K. How are you? Hey, I'm good. Enjoying 2023 so far. It's um, been a good start of the year, and it's. I thought you were uh, going to say it's been a good year. <laughs> I was like, wow, it's been a great year. So yeah. much already. It's been a great year. <laughs> it's actually, you know, over one percent of 2023 is already over. So, Curtis, have you accomplished much in that in that one percent? Uh, I'm getting sick, but uh, I've actually been jumping into some NFT trading, which is something I hadn't done in a long time. Um, He's back. Yeah, enjoying it. That's awesome. I haven't done much recently, apart from um, claiming some floor originals, which has been fun. Uh, I've just about been well enough to do that. Um, we did get a question that I thought I'd put at the top of the topics, which was from Scale. Thank you very much for this. It would be fun to have each of you make a wild prediction for 2023 and then back on it near the end of the year to check on the results. So the second half, I can't promise if we'll do that. One, because who knows when they're going to cut me and Corwin off floorcast wise. And two, some of them will probably be so embarrassing that we won't want to review them. So why don't we just make the predictions, Corwin? So give me a wild one, because we did a, a looking back at 22 and then predicting 23 podcast that was a bit more serious, me, Chris K and Curtis. But yeah, what, what about a silly one? A wild one. Give me um, a wild one. Okay, uh, so first off, shout out Skell. Actually, me and him um, hung out when I was back in California over the break. He's really awesome in proof. But my wildest prediction here would probably be, it's not even wild, it's going to come true. Um, Solana is going to be like a top five coin by the end of the day. No, I'm just kidding. Wow. I think Bonk um, will be higher than Sol. Honestly, honestly, I like that doesn't even seem that wild to me, Curtis. I feel like Bonk will probably be higher than Solana. I don't really have much wild predictions. I, I think my wildest prediction would probably be like, no, I don't even want to predict it because no, no, it's come just, on, just come on. Give me something slightly silly. So so instead of like instead of doing a wild prediction, can we just do like a concrete prediction? Because in our last episode we did like very high level, like here's where the market's going. Like I have a one particular prediction, but I don't think it's necessarily too wild. It might be a hot take a little bit. Go on then. G give it to us. Give it to us, guys. Because it's not all that wild. Um, but I know there are some people I work at Floor that would uh very much disagree <laughs> with this. Um <laughs> I think Yuga will continue to be the preeminent NFT project. They will stay on top and no one will unthrone them, which some people may like that take. But um, yeah, that's that's what I'm going with. 
got look at Curse subtweeting people on the floorcast. I know, I know. Damn, <laughs> Chris K, have you got a wild one for me? Wild one. Let's see. I think um, one of the major mobile device operating system vendors will introduce a Web three component into their product. Mm, okay. See, my one was going to be one of Google, Apple, or Amazon make a big NFT play. And I don't know if that seems that wild. I know there's been rumors on Twitter about Amazon doing stuff, but I think that seems like a pretty sure bet to me that does actually genuinely seem pretty wild. I thought I saw people throwing around a Prime Gaming logo or something crazy, saying that they're like a big company is going to throw, not only throw themselves into gaming, but it's going to be mostly Web3 based. But maybe that's just total, total speculation. I have no idea. Corwin, have you have you got a prediction for us yet? I kind of like opposite of Curtis. I don't know if Yuga will stay on. Oh, never mind. They own CryptoPunks. <laughs> so yeah, probably. They probably will stay Oh, never mind. They own uh, all the big projects. <laughs> I don't know. Because like, what Curtis, how do you consider Yuga staying on top though? Like if some AAA publisher came out and is like, like Epic Games is like, hey, we're entering Web3, then would they be considered on top? Uh, I mean, that's a good question. Like, what does it mean to be on top? I think they will remain to be like, they'll have the most volume, they'll have the biggest projects, they'll have the most success in the NFT space, even in this upcoming year. Like, no one's going to unseat them. Someone might launch a game that does well. Mm-hmm. Other side will be very good, and everything around the Yuga ecosystem will flourish. That's my prediction. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like other side is still at a one ETH floor with a hundred thousand collection because of? So I was gonna say maybe a hot one would be that bombs. Yeah, and the only reason I actually had a conversation about this yesterday with um with someone on the floor team, and it was it the reason why it's still at one ETH is because it's all speculation. What if the game comes yeah. out and regardless of if it's good or bad, like that floor price is still going to go down, right? Because people are going to be like, no one has time to play this game forever. It's just speculation to see what it is and. And if ApeCoin pumps off of it or whatever, it may go up and down. But I think that's going to go down to like at least like a point two, point three floor, maybe. Cool. What about our favorites, Illuvium and and Treeverse? Are oh they going to rock? God. Are they rocking twenty three? The Treeverse gameplay is phenomenal. I've been watching every gameplay. Shaking his head. What's going oh on? Oh my god! I can't. I can't wait to play it. I'm so sad I did not get into the alpha. Chris K, you being a hater. Every video Corwin sends me of this Treeland thing, it just looks so like tacky. It's like what the fuck? Stardew Valley, except oh um, with gas man. fees, right? Listen to this. No, I, I I know the video you're Literally talking about. Boomer. It looks good. It, it looks like a very polished top-down action RPG game. So yes, it could be very good. So this is the thing issue I have with a lot of these game trailers that come out is you can make the little demo clip look decent. It all depends, like, whether the game succeeds or not is what the game loop looks like. And this game loop in particular is going to involve a bunch of crypto stuff, which may work, may not. Like, there there are really polished games out there that are just, like, infinite side quest, like, fetch quests, where it's like, like, kill 10 of these monsters, get me 10 of these things. And people are like, I don't like this game. All I'm doing is fetching Mm. crap. Um, Like, if I wanted to run errands, I'd just, like, go to my real job. (laughs) No, no, like... (laughs) You could have 80, you can pad out a game with 80 hours of fetch quests and then it's like, oh, there's some little story there. Like if Treeverse, the game isn't actually fun as a game, I don't think it's going to do well. It looks pretty and it might be a game that is good, but just because it's Web3 and it's got crypto bits in it doesn't mean it's going to necessarily be all that well. Good. I hope it is though. I super agree with that. And Illuvium, for example, I think looks like unbelievable. 
they've spent so much money on it. They've got so many people working on it. My fear is like, if there's a token and everything is an NFT, like, does that actually warp the barrier to entry to the to the extent that like you don't get like a lot of people on the platform? And yeah, I think like I'm just about over the side of the fence where I think like Web three gaming is going to be big in 23, but I don't think I'd need to see much evidence to get me back on the fence or on the other side. I'm of two minds here, uh, and I haven't quite figured out because I haven't seen any like solid use cases for it yet. But on one side, I'm, I agree with Zeneca where it's having the crypto backings in a game introduces like that infinite regret we have in NFTs to your game, which is supposed to be an escape. So I'm supposed to jump into this world and escape. But if I get a sword or something that is actually worth real world money, and that is pumping or dumping in price, like in the back of my mind, I'm always like, should I use this sword or should I be selling this thing? And that that just introduces a level of stress to my escapism that it's like, I don't want to have to worry about that. Um, but then on the other side, I can really see the potential for some of these games to to do really well, as long as they're not beating everyone over the head with like, oh, it's NFT. Like the generation coming up is so digital focused that digital ownership is just like a, it's a given for them. So the idea that you actually own the things that you earn in game is going to be like really important. Whereas we're kind of straddling the fence where we, we're kind of digital, kind of not like we're used to people we're used to those being in walled off gardens, but like digital ownership is just kind of novel for us. I think it's going to be a given for the generation coming up. So that's where I'm a little bit more bullish on gaming, um, especially if they don't like hit you over the head with the fact that it's NFTs. Yeah, I think the ownership aspect is interesting. Um, everyone really focuses on the interoperability piece as well, which I think is just never going to happen. Like Fortnite is not going to let you bring in your sort of coat from Call of Duty and wear that on your character. Like, there's just so many... They're not, but the, the, the question is, Chris K, like, Epic have been openly quite bullish on Web3. Why would they be if that's not their... Not, not that I'm saying that they will, but, like, why do they think, from their perspective, as someone who massively benefits from kind of a traditional gaming sphere, I'm trying to basically see, like, if you're Epic, what do you do in Web3 that doesn't completely combust your own business model? I just can't quite see that bridge yet. I think Epic and like the single game companies, like Web3 gives them the platform on which to build a marketplace um, where you can move all your in-app purchases over to this and you can have the users trade them and you can be earning secondary royalties. You can have some control over the trading. And you can sort of brand that experience. Like I think that's sort of like where a lot of the big gaming brands will be dipping their fingers. I've read so many things like why 2022 is a bad year for Web3 gaming over the past week or so. I, I've just yet to see a property and IP sort of come out that sort of makes me think, oh, actually, this looks quite cool. And this is probably better than what the actual game companies are putting out. Like other side... I read a great blog post about like the character animation and like the technical aspects. And it seems like sort of Yuga is sort of doing some interesting stuff there, but I just don't know if they're going to be able to get the user base or if they're just building another Decentraland where, you know, you may have a dozen sort of bored ape people hanging around on it, but that's it. Like, I don't see the fun at this point. Show me the fun. I agree with CK. Show me the fun. Uh, okay. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the top. Solana NFT projects, and this happened before 23. Top Solana NFT projects, D Gods and Utes, to leave the blockchain 
to explore new opportunities. This was big news in the NFT space before the turn of the year. Yeah, like, I mean, the two top Solana NFT projects leaving Solana doesn't seem like it's too good for Solana, Chris K. Yeah, I mean, the big question is, will Solana survive this? I think we talked about this like a few months ago when D-Guards was sort of shopping themselves around and sort of trying to sort of get one of these L2 chains to sort of give them funding in exchange for making that transition. I know Polygon at the time was sort of mentioned. Um, so like, it, it seems like as one of the more successful projects, they have a lot of leverage there. Um, and I, I'd love to be a fly on the wall for some of those negotiations. I, I think this is a good move for D-Guards. I think it's going to give them a bigger audience. Um, I, I think they'd already sort of planned on sort of moving to Ethereum at some point anyway, but the Polygon piece just gives them uh, that added uh, benefit that they can use to expand their ecosystem. But yeah, will, will Solana survive this? Uh, I mean, Corwin, you're more in, in tune than, with the Solana market than I. Um, how are you feeling about this? It seems like this is one of the major projects. And, you know, without D-Guards, Solana really is just the place where money goes to die. <laughs> um, as you guys can see, I'm wearing all black today. I'm, I'm mourning. Um, really mourning Solana. And it's, you know, it's tough. Uh, I think they dropped this news. What was it on like Christmas Day or Christmas Eve? Like it was, it was just yeah, a, it was, it, it literally was like a big shock. Like this news isn't going to go into the rug, you know, like. I, my Christmas is ruined. I, I think it's a great play for them, honestly. I think moving off of this, like, like I know hard feelings against Solana or their ecosystem, but there's just so much more building and things happening on like Polygon right now. And all the major companies are going on the Polygon, um, like Starbucks, um, everyone else. So I don't, I don't think it's the worst to move, but yeah, I don't really have much comments on it besides like, Chris K kind of there was a bit of speculation right when people were talking about them wanting 30 million to move on to another chain which which seemed crazy right like it's not worth any chain's money unless you're like a a new or upper coming chain and you really want activity there and 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 start building an ecosystem but that's the size of most like ecosystem funds for most blockchains like I think it sounds I mean if you got 10% of that you'd, you'd probably be laughing your ass off if you're an NFT creator of a, of a collection but yeah i mean that they're, they're obviously using ethereum now and um yeah it's, it's obviously bad news for so i think like what has to happen for that chain is like there's obviously been a massive like shock to the ecosystem and now it just needs to completely be cleansed of everyone that doesn't want to be there and, and doesn't really want to build on it and then just start from not from scratch but like you need to find like a bottom where people can like build and find the upside, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's interesting. Say what you want about Frank D Gods, but man, is he a good marketer? Like always being able to stay on top of the news cycle and continually fueling all that speculation. Um, I can't imagine Polygon paid them very much to come over because they're paying for partnership deals that are bringing like utility projects into Polygon, whereas Utes is like strictly an NFT project, and Polygon isn't really known for like big NFT trading, like. Does Polygon really want to say like, hey, come over and flip NFTs on our chain? Probably not. Ethereum, obviously, they just switched because there's all the volume is there or most of the volume is there. So that that makes total sense. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, very interesting. I, I do wonder if maybe Polygon did throw them a little bit. But yeah, I can't imagine they, they got that much. But um, yeah, I don't know what happens with Soul now. I've, I've never really been that plugged into it. 
and I, I just like making fun of Corin um, when things go wrong, which is fun. <laughs> but on the other hand, like uh, we talked about this a little bit pre-show, the community responded with launching a token called Bonk, which I thought was amazing because it's basically a meme coin, sort of like Doge on Ethereum, that is like pumped crazily in the past couple of days. They airdropped it to holders of, I think, the top 40 projects, except for Utes and uh, D-Gods, because obviously they're they're leaving. Um, so the, the best exchange I saw on Twitter over the holidays related to that was Frank D-Gods was actually apologizing, saying, oh yeah, we're sorry, can we get into Bonk? And someone's like, well, why don't you go ask Polygon for some community tokens? Like, ooh, it's spicy. This is good. I wonder if Sol knew that this was happening and if there were some sort of negotiations to be like, please I've don't I've seen DMs. Like- People have posted on Twitter, whether they're real or not, that for, and Pet kind of alluded to it, that for months, Frank has been looking at an, an alternate chain to move to. So they, they had to know that they weren't going to stay on Soul for very long. So yeah, I'm sure they knew, but I, I'm not sure what, like, are they are they a centralized company that's running it? Like, who would reach out and do BD? Like, obviously, Polygon has a BD company. Ethereum doesn't have anything like that. Does Soul have anything like that where they actually have some sort of interested party that's like, hey, stay with us, we'll give you something? I mean, I think most chains outside of Ethereum, especially those that have raised VC funding, have got BD teams that go and reach out to people that they have grants and stuff that they give to developers and, and teams that are trying to build on on the chain. So the only thing I, I'd say is I've not really heard an example of someone like paying one team to go from one chain to another. I think that's a bit rarer. Chris K? Really? I, I feel like um, chains are doing this left, right and center, whether it's hard cash, whether it's developer support, whether it's we'll pay your first X amount of gas fees. Like those deals are there to be had if you're building something interesting. Yeah, but that's usually for people that are like building something new. Yeah, but there, like right? look at it from the business perspective. If you were Polygon, you know, how much would you pay to kill Solana? You know, maybe not 30 million, but I'm pretty <laughs> sure some money sort of changed hands here. I read something sort of insinuating that D guards were essentially using this as a way of just raising the next round because you know, the value of their token has dropped so much in the past six months. It's gone from Solana $200 when they minted to now Solana at, I don't know, what what was it this morning, like $3? If they haven't been managing that money uh, well, you know, D-Guards could be in a position where they actually needed to do this and they're just trying to play everyone off each other to get the best deal. Did you just say Solana's at three dollars? Was that a was that a jab at me? Uh, sorry, is it four now? I was literally like, I might <laughs> was go that buy a some. jab at me? <laughs> it's thirteen dollars. Come on, man, <laughs> have some respect for Soul. Not dead yet, is it? Who knows? Like you know, it's okay. It's got some good ideas behind it. I think some of the things they've done are bad from like a UX perspective. Like the Gumball Metaplex machine looks really cool until you start trying to develop on it, and then you bang your head against the wall a lot. Technically, the smart contracts are good, but Rust as a language scares people in a way that Solidity doesn't. So, you know, I think already they've got a chain where you've got a higher cost of building on than just Ethereum on EVM compatible. And I think it's going to be an uphill battle the more projects leave them, especially when most of the projects left tend to be sort of poor quality um, Ethereum clones. I, I think it's going to be interesting seeing what happens from a biz dev perspective. But like, if anything, if I'm a brand building something, Polygon is probably where I'd go at this point. 
And this D-Guards thing just adds to that. Any final thoughts before we move on? Um, said it before, say again, Polygon has the best BD team I've ever seen in my entire life. Of anything ever. Of anything. They of are anything ever, left any business and right. ever. <sighs> it's crazy. They have so many BD people and I haven't been able to reach any of them. Let's talk a little bit about Doodles too. So um, we've talked a lot about Doodles and, and what their future is going to be like in terms of you know the recent VC raises, the recent appointment of kind of music and ent- entertainment people uh, of of that background to their team and so on and so forth, and how Doodles too might well be something that is for the masses. And they uh, tweeted recently that like. With Doodles 2, you'll be able to change the eyes and features of your Doodle, so Doodles eyes, hair, shape, and more, without paying transaction fees. And I thought this was really interesting. And I know it might seem like a small tweet, but yeah, I, I just thought it was really, really cool. Um, Curtis, any thoughts? Yeah, it's. I've been kind of following this. I haven't picked up a Doodle or anything yet, but um, definitely appealing. Uh yeah, it it seems pretty cool what they're going to enable. Like, it's just crazy amount of customization. Um, and I think actually, don't think it's in our notes, but I think Poopy actually went through and like revealed a bunch of the mechanics of how the duplicators are going to work and what the limits on those are. But yeah, I, I think this is really cool. Um, definitely, if you want to do a mass market PFP, I don't think generative PFPs are where it's at. I think you do need a, a degree of customization because you want this thing to represent yourself. So yeah, I think they could either do this. So this is going to go one of two ways. <laughs> Not a surprise. Doodles is going to tank if they can't pull this off or it just falls flat. Or, I mean, they're going to go and run up because they just pull this off masterfully. Um, I'm hoping for the latter because there's so many doodle holders in floor. And I think this might be the first kind of really big mass market thing um, on ETH that's targeting like millions and millions of uh, PFPs. But yeah, I, I hope they do it. Did uh, anything say whether they're doing this on-chain and just eating the gas fees, or is this sort of a a Web um, 2.5-style solution they're building? I would have to read the thread to know for sure, and maybe uh, Pet knows, but it seems like the actual things you can use to customize are on-chain, so they can be traded. So if you get a trait you like or some clothing you like, you can trade that. But the actual customization of it is gasless. Like applying the the trait to your your doodle is gasless. Yeah, in terms of the on chain off chain stuff, depends. I mean, like what Reddit have done is, is, has so showcased, haven't they, um, Chris? That like the completely uh, non customizable PFP type projects have kind of a, a limited audience to some extent, and I guess doodles have been kind of ahead of curve in in, in that regard, and it's like they're going to go down that road with the duplicator and. Yeah, I do wonder if if it's going to be off-chain, the kind of more um, attachable stuff, the changeable stuff. But then if you're changing your actual NFT, that's got to be on-chain, right? Not necessarily. I I was sort of thinking through this for another project um, last year. and like You you could certainly do a lot of this off-chain if you're basically mirroring the NFT collection and storing those customizations and then just returning the right image, the right metadata. At some point, you probably want to migrate that on-chain. But, um, you know, if you are looking for sort of a scrappy way to do it, there are ways. Well, this is where that sort of on-chain stuff is very interesting because a lot of these projects, I'm not sure if people really realize or dig into it that much, but sometimes when you're changing your NFT, all you're doing is changing the metadata. So there's there's nothing to do with the on-chain 
attributes that has a change. It's just a JSON field. And that means it could be changed at any point. Now, some projects have like locked these and, and done this in, in certain ways where like metadata can't be updated. But yeah, the vast majority of projects is just a JSON file. So if that JSON file disappears, all your NFT traits go away or they can be changed at any point. So yeah, it's kind of crazy. So a doodle can only be duplicated once. A duplicator can only be used on one doodle. After duping, it remains in your wallet because there is more utility. Max number of duplicator wearables is less than Genesis Box maximum, and only 9.3k dupes for two 10k doodles. And after duping, it remains in your wallet because there is more utility. We call this perpetual utility, and the duplicator is a utility NFT. Its first use will be seeding doodles too with some of the rarest wearables. As people have found out, it may be used on other NFTs. Hmm. Corwin, any thoughts here? I agree with Curtis. It's either going to make or break doodles. Maybe it goes down to 2 ETH. Maybe it goes to 20 ETH. I think it's just such a hit or miss play because just like what we talked about earlier with other side, the reason why duplicators and these other assets are staying up is because a lot of speculation. So we may see the floor go down on maybe assets that are more common to very low or people don't want them. So I'm, I'm really interested to see how this plays out. I know the duels team is really smart. I know they have a cult like following too. So I I'm really interested to see how this, how this goes. I'm excited to talk about it too. Once it comes out. Yeah. I'm really curious to see how this goes, but after reading it and, you know, we talked about doodles too, that next move, maybe being more of a mass market appeal. That does seem quite complicated, doesn't it? Chris K. I don't, it doesn't quite feel like it's ready for a, a million person NFT project? No, um, I, I think it's going to be a slow burn. I like that they're being very bullish about this, but I, I just don't see it taking off as quickly as they think. Bloody hell, another another hot take, wild prediction from Chris Gay for 23. And let's move on. But before we do, we need to remind you that we're a community-led podcast by the Floor NFT community. And if you don't know what Floor is, it's your very own NFT portfolio in your pocket, an app that aggregates all your NFTs into one amazing interface. So, Colin, what is the latest from Floor? What are we expecting? Q123. That is a question for Curtis. He's the one building all the cool stuff. Damn, always deflecting. Uh, so actually this week, or through the New Year's, we did a bunch of Genesis drops, which have been really cool. So combination of raffles for merch and partner project NFTs, and some of them have been Mintlist opportunities to claim uh, commissioned art. So we've had a, a number of different artists and we still have a couple, so I won't reveal who they are, but the floor community will know them very well. And I think they'll really like the pieces that we've commissioned. Um, just as a thank you to Genesis holders. Um, so that, that's been really cool to see. We've got some pretty big partnerships coming up that we're going to launch, uh, shortly, which should bring a bunch of new friends into the discord. And, uh, as always, we're working on a lot of new features to bring into the app, mostly around playing more with bringing in news and and stuff into your discover feed to help you understand what's going on with the projects you own and the projects you're watching. So yeah, stay tuned for all those and more coming up in the next couple of months. Awesome. Really exciting. And our final topic is going to be layer two projects in general. And this is kind of something that you want to talk about in terms of kind of the next iteration of big projects like Jenkins Valet and, and Mutant Cartel and so on and so forth. So why is this something that you wanted to talk about? Well, one, it's something I stumbled into over the, the new year or the holiday. Uh, I got into Mutant Hounds and explored some of that, what they're calling the Layer 2 Yuga 
uh, ecosystem. But then uh, when I listened back to your our last episode, you'd mentioned something about enabling a community to build on what you've built. And I, I thought this is actually the next evolution of that, I think, because we started with projects like Board Apes giving the IP commercial rights. So you could like start a bagel shop, start a coffee chain, do books, do all that sort of stuff. That was kind of like the first iteration of this. Now we're starting to see these other projects that are now expanding the lore, expanding the ecosystem. They're not officially supported, um, and they're so, which is why they're kind of being called these layer twos. Um, so, for example, you've got Mutant Cartel, Jenkins, and um, Ape, which is Applied Primate uh, Engineering. They're all tying into, in some way, whether officially or unofficially, to the January 11th drop from Yuga, which is their next mint coming up. And they're all expanding the story in different ways. So it's all around the mega mutants and the serums. And there's a whole bunch of story and lore going on, which is actually really interesting because without needing the support from Yuga themselves, they can use the IP because most of these founders actually have apes and mutants. So they're using the mega mutant IP to actually like push these stories forward. I just think it's really cool how this is happening organically without Yuga having to tell them like, hey, do this, do this, do this. Um, it's also really fun because if you're priced out of board apes, like most people are, you can still kind of take part in some of the stuff you guys building and with the addition of 10k tf and some of the stuff they're doing with the other side coming up um whether you like the jimmy trial of jimmy the monkey video or not i wasn't a huge fan but the rest of the stuff they're doing around 10k tf in particular like that story and the other side story is really really interesting and to be able to get like a little bit of exposure to that through this is uh pretty cool Chris, Corwin, any thoughts on some of these um splinter projects or layer two projects as we're calling them I've not, I'm not a big sort of um, aficionado of the ape ecosystem. So these ones are new to me. <laughs> it's really interesting though, seeing examples where you're hooking into someone else's project, someone else's IP and doing something cool with it. Um, I, I know I've seen a few things like that in sort of the crypto coven ecosystem. I think maybe capsule house as well. Um, but yeah, it's great that um, people are able to do this. Corwin, any last thoughts? I think layer twos are cool. I just think there's like more barrier of entry to get into some of them. Um, makes it a little bit more complicated. Not all of them, some of them. Um, I think it also makes it easier to implement with different systems such as games or whatever else people are building. Um, and you don't have to rely on gas fees or anything else, which is cool. Radio, let's talk about... I haven't actually put any more stories, wide web three stuff, banter and any other business in my notes. So I've completely forgotten to do that. But we do have a couple of community questions today, which I thought could take us through to the finish line. Woutways, aka Own Twist, says, It seems like Lens Protocol grew really fast, and I have a feeling 2023 is the year that decentralized social media really starts to gain traction. I think it would be an interesting topic to talk about. Is it an interesting topic, Chris K? It is. I, I don't think... 2023 is going to be the year it takes off. Like, I, I think you have a few things going on. Obviously, you know, Twitter is imploding and people are looking for alternatives. I've just not seen that sort of credible alternative yet. There's some interesting building blocks and promising sort of developments, but nothing that, you know, I really see as replacing the Twitters, the Facebooks of the world. Mastodon while not Web3, is decentralized. And that is a mess in terms of just getting on there, finding the people you care about, um, and just sort of replicating that basic functionality. Other ones I've seen like Farcaster do a better job with onboarding, but still it's not quite that sort of feature parity 
that if you have sort of people moving social networks en masse, you want to have there so that they have a familiar sort of experience. And like Lens Protocol, similar, like I, I like a lot of what they're doing in terms of like specifying that decentralized social graph and giving you the smart contracts and the tools to be able to sort of interact with it. But like until you have both robust clients and then a critical mass of your friends actually using it, I think it's going to be challenging. And, you know, while your sort of audience on these platforms is basically limited to certain NFT communities, I don't see it getting that sort of mass market adoption. You know, I like what Lens is doing. I, I just don't think it's ready yet. Curse, you're nodding in agreement. Any other thoughts? It's something I need to dig into more. I'm not sure if it's going to take off, like Chris said. Obviously, there's not there's not a mass market of people in Web3. So to get that mass market appeal for a social network, I don't think it's going to happen. But yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to digging into it a little bit as we bring more stuff into floor that is like your loyalty programs and the other stuff you've got going on around Web3. It would be interesting to, to add some of the social layer stuff into it. And I just went in and try and claim to handle and I can't. So I don't know what hoops I have to jump through to do that. But I'm not sure we're, we're quite there. And all the, like Chris said, all these attempts at putting blockchain around social haven't really, like the onboarding is just too clunky. The people just aren't there. So it's like, yeah, I can yell into the ether on one of these other platforms. Um, but I'll always come back to Twitter because that's where everyone is. Yeah, I think um, the idea of decentralized social media feels better than the actual practical thing when it all comes down to it. That's my opinion. Yeah, like I, I think you'll see developers building stuff around these protocols. Like Farcaster has an okay iOS client, and then they have an ecosystem of apps that will do certain things. So like they have an app that lets you search people's um, tweets or casts or whatever they call them. There's an app that will let you build, I don't know, a, a movie sort of or book community on top of the Farcaster protocol. Um, and sort of connect members of certain NFT communities. Like, there's some good stuff there, but like for an outsider coming in, thinking about how do I just get this thing installed and start using it, it's just so tricky. Whether that's, you know, you need to go and beg um, someone for an invite to actually get on the platform, or whether you need to download and run your own software to actually sort of um, get one of these clients running. Like, it's not for the mass market. We've got another question here from, or well, more of a statement here from Antios Argentius. Great time to speculate on what creeps is brewing up. And Curtis, I suppose you're closest to creeps. So I'll hand this one over to you. Sadly, not anymore. Like I haven't been oh. in creeps for a while. Um, but I, I have been paying attention because I'm thinking about coming back in, but price keeps pumping and maybe I've missed my entry. But uh, I think the next thing to drop, and they've, they've actually released some teasers on this, is the game. So uh, Creeps started as like the P2E, did that for a while. Then they got represented by 360 Media, which was like a, a big um, talent agency. And so they've kind of splintered off into this, or they had this roadmap where they're doing like game and brand and animation deals and basically becoming like this, their ideas become like this global brand backed by uh, Creeps, or now they're called Overlord, but and Creeps is just one piece of this. The next thing to drop is their game. I don't know. Like games are weird. Like we've mentioned on the to, even today, like you can put out a good demo. So like the thing they drop might just be like, oh, here's this demo. You can like hear someone walking around in an Unreal environment, or Unity environment. Like that'll be cool. 
games actually take years to build. So I don't know what they're planning to launch and what the timeline's going to be, because there's definitely a, a pump, a noticeable pump going into this game announcement. So I hope that people don't get burned by just like there being some nice trailer and it's like, okay, yeah, in a year you'll be able to play this game. Because I think the floor price will drop immediately after that because I think people are expecting and everyone's been hyping it up as like, you might be able to play something very soon. Uh, that might be the case. Like they're only a year old and they've only done like this big media plan for like the last six months. So they've had at most, unless you're cannibalizing some existing game, uh, they've only had six months to build this thing if they started exactly when they, they switched to the media talent agency. I wonder, just because the lore in Creeps is so strong and the kind of community is so fixated on that part of the thing, if other realms of entertainment or media might work better and, and might be what I'm, I might be more bullish for them in 23. Well, they definitely have an animation coming out. Uh, I think it's with Seth Green, Green's yeah. production company. That's, that's kind of like the worst kept secret <laughs> in the Creeps <laughs> ecosystem. But as we've seen with other project NFT projects in particular, like getting an animation deal doesn't really impact the holders at all because there's no like, yeah, your creep might or it's one of your traits might be in the, the show or something. But like the littles did this where they got picked up for an animation. Nothing happened with the floor price because everyone's like, OK, cool. I get to watch them on TV. But like, then what? Um, the game will be interesting. And I think they might bring back some of the stuff they've kept on the back burner. Like we had the interdimensional lizards, which is supposed to be a mint. And that everyone was building up, customizing those, and then the bear happened, and they basically postponed that. So people are speculating that you might be able to mint that and then play that in-game. Again, I don't know what the timeline for the game will be. Conservatively, you need you need a while to build one of those, even if you took something off the shelf and just kind of like reskinned everything. So I'm cheering on the team, but I'm cautiously optimistic. So I probably won't buy into this pump. We'll see what the game launch reveals, and then maybe I'll jump in. And then we'll have our Creeps Master back for regular updates. Uh, okay, I think wrap it up there. First episode of the year and uh, a decent one. Chris K, where can people find out more about you? Yeah, you can find me at Chris K on Farcaster and madewithmason.com. What's happened to your Twitter? I have no idea. So I was flying to Art Basel at the start of December, got off the plane, had an email from Twitter saying, my account was permanently suspended for evading a permanent suspension. Mm. Um, Sounds legit. Know the context. So I, I filed an appeal to like the zero people who currently work there, and we'll see what happens. <laughs> but I will say I'm not missing it. It's oh. like, I don't know. I, I'm a lot more focused now instead of yeah. like tweeting every five minutes. Yeah, that's fair. Twitter is an absolute garbage fire. <laughs> particularly in support right now. Uh, like Mutant Hounds, for example, got their Twitter hacked over the holidays. It took Twitter like days to get it back. And there's also, there's still promoted tweets out there for like Fidenza 2 uh, claim sites that aren't being taken down. So there's there's so many people getting rugged right now and getting like signing faulty, like uh, malevolent transactions. Like it is crazy how inept they are right now at like blocking this sort of stuff. That is all to say, like, be very cautious about what you sign right now, especially if you are not verifying, like, in three different places that the link that you're going to is actually the official link. Uh, did you see last night Crypto Nova, Curtis, got hacked and all his punks? I did. I don't apes. know what. So it sounds like they signed a transaction. Yeah. Or in, in some way. I don't know exactly what the phishing attack was. They're getting quite uh, artifacts COO, I think. 
got scammed the other night, but they it was like a spoofed phone number and something very elaborate. So the scammers are getting very, very smart, which is like just be very, very mm. careful. Um, I've also seen some apes and some people are saying like, I'm moving my stuff, like my grails to a Gnosis safe. Like I'm going to have to sign, like three people are going to have to sign something to do a transaction now. I mean, for those things that you want to hold on to for years and years and years, might not be a bad idea. I know, sign three ledgers at once on your computer. <laughs> okay, That's whatever. honestly not a bad like, idea. I mean, if I lost millions of dollars... Curtis, you were talking about um, the other day about this thing where you could sign from like another wallet. What was the name of that? Uh, delegate cash. Delegate.cash is... Some, I, I still want to look into it because it might be an interesting use case. I still haven't explored like whether you can like just use the wallet they give you, but essentially you're you're opening up certain permissions to this uh, new address to act on behalf of your cold wallet, for example. So the issue is, and then Chris uh, kind of subtweeted this a little bit. You have to like you have to trust someone at some point with your cold wallet in this case because you've got to go to delegate cash, sign a transaction, or sign something to say like, "Hey, I'm delegating this new address to this vault." There are other protocols out there that or a little more trustless where you don't ever have to connect your ledger or your cold wallet. So yeah, I, I'm not sure, but delegate cash is definitely cool. Something I'm looking into. Awesome. Well, I think we'll wrap up there. You can find me at Pet Berisha, P-E-T-B-E-R-I-S-H-A, or you can find us at The Floorcast, The Floorcast, and you can find Floor at Floor. Um, thanks so much for listening to the first episode of 2023. Sorry if I was off the pace or off the mark, I'm still at the very end of this flu and it's finally going out the door but um, if you enjoyed that please do subscribe uh, give us a review on Spotify or on Apple and uh, remember that none of what we have said is financial advice just great advice we'll see you next week on the Floorcast once more